passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nobody home for Kofi Kingston. Brian rolled out of the way. Kofi went for it all. Brian back up. Knee to the face. Cover. And Brian retains his title. Here is your winner. And still, the WWE Champion. Daniel Bryan survived this match. Well, the air has been completely sucked out of the Toyota Center. The WWE Universe, despite witnessing an incredible matchup from start to finish, the world was behind Kofi Kingston, who gave it everything he had and then some. Welcome to the post-wrestling Elimination Chamber post-show. I'm John Pollock, along with Wei Ting, live from Post Office West. I'm in a wonderful mood. How are you, Wei? Are you? Why? It's 10.25 p.m. and we're starting this. <laughs> it kind of feels unusual, because when did the rumble end? Uh, like Two 11. in the morning? Yeah. I, uh, this, this show breezed by. It kind of did. Yeah. Breezed by. Yeah. One hour kickoff. I mean, it, still, we're, we're looking at four and a half hours, mm-hmm. if you include the kickoff. Mm-hmm. But fine. The pace was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't... There was not a point on this show where i was looking down at my watch wondering when is this show gonna end and regardless of quality that happens a lot on these marathon wwe shows but here we are at a totally normal time starting this show yeah yeah i certainly don't thumbs up pay-per-view of the year (laughs) well hey i mean it's a low bar i guess when it comes to that but i certainly don't feel drained at all i am energy i'm gonna do this show i think i'm gonna watch a ton of the ufc card tonight I'm a great shape. You're going right now. out afterwards. We're I'm going, going to go out with Braden. We're going to go party. Yeah. Lots to talk about on today's show. Uh, Way and I will be opening up the phone lines after our review. So take down this number if you're listening in the chat room 732 800 4423. If you would rather contact us via Skype, just search for post wrestling and then you can dial us up. If you call now, not going to answer it, but once we are done our review, then we will be opening up the phone lines. So uh, have at it. Hello, everybody in the chat room uh, as well, who's watching us live. Yes, thanks to all of you that join live. For those of you that are listening on the free podcast version, Way and I do our monthly WWE pay per view post shows immediately after the show is done. And if you are a double double ice cap or espresso member of the cafe, you can watch this show live as well as gives you the access to call in and interact on the show as well as every Thursday on the cafe hangout at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. I feel we've got to uh, hit everyone over the head. No got, a, got a promo, promo, promo. That's how things work around here. Well, enough of that. Let's get into this. Okay. WWE's Elimination Chamber show from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. The site of next year's 
Royal Rumble they have announced, where it's going to be taking place once again at a baseball stadium at Minute Maid Park. Mm-hmm. Is there anything perfect than having one-minute intervals at the Minute Maid Park next year? Will it be one-minute intervals? No, it'll probably be longer. They were, uh, for the men's match tonight, they were pretty on point with the five-minute intervals. Is that right? Like, it skewed a little bit heavy and short on some seconds, but Randy Orton, he was in there right at the 20-minute mark. Hmm. So they were they were pretty on on top of things with their, their stopwatch cool. on, on Sunday. Toyota Center. Elimination Chamber, we started off with the kickoff, hosted by Jonathan Coachman, Beth Phoenix, Booker T, and Sam the Heel Roberts, uh, who is now playing Simon Cowell on this panel, following that takeover discussion they had last month uh, regarding Bianca Belair, and it just seems that Sam Roberts' new role now is to play the play the heel on, on the panel. They were going very heavy with this uh, on the kickoff show. To be honest, I don't know how much of a purpose there is for him otherwise just to be another voice. You have four voices in there, sometimes not all that distinct from one another. So, sure, it works for him. I guess that's the direction they they want to go. Uh, The bar and heavy machinery, they were in the house on Sunday night. They got involved on the panel to discuss the SmackDown tag title match. They disagreed on who is going to win. Mm-hmm. Great ut- utilization of them. There's also, uh, before all that, there's like a Mustafa Ali promo as well. That's right. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about that? Uh, it was just, you know, another selfie promo from Mustafa Ali where he talked about... He needs to get a home studio. <laughs> somewhere. I, lo- I, I mean, I don't like many selfie promos, but when people do them well and, and when people are very engaging like he is, I welcome them. And here he talked about how uh, it hurts a lot to sit this one out and what hurts the most is watching somebody take your opportunity he said he'll be rooting for Kofi tonight but it won't be easy but he also says life ain't easy for those who dream so you know we wondered if he was just going to be written out completely uh my hope was that he would be able to continue promos like this because that's his you know be his promos are almost just as good as his wrestling so the fact that he's having this minor setback i think he could use to his advantage focusing on this side of his game in his downtime i think is is great so i hope this continues the riot squad were backstage and they discussed their allegiance to one another because it was in this building in 2017 that they debuted right after the survivor series and they got matching tattoos with the date of their debut. Yeah. You and I do not have tattoos. Yeah, I don't know if I... I 12, would, I, 24, 17? Yeah, I don't know if I would do this one. If you had to, where would you get it? Would you get it on the back of your neck? No. Um, Forehead? Maybe I would get it like um, on the bottom of my foot, so I'll never have to look at it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I wouldn't get any tattoos. Not not, not a tattoo guy. No. Would I contemplated you? it at one point, but then I was... What I, would you get? I don't even know. Huh. I just... Uh, yeah, I never really had like a solid idea for one, and thus I never decided to get one. Mm-hmm. I also worried if I would be one of those people that you get one, and then you want to get more. I was like, I, I definitely don't want it's that. It's usually the case. Oh, I have a friend who just wanted to get one, yeah. and then he got covered after a while. Yeah. So it just, it just gets addictive. And then suddenly you look like, I don't know, The Undertaker. Arms are just covered. That's not such a bad thing. I guess not. Uh, Then Charlotte walked in and told Ruby to go out there and make history, win the title in the same city that Charlotte won her first title in, and then they can headline WrestleMania together. That didn't happen. Alexa Bliss did a selfie promo, 
She was asked to give her prediction for the women's chamber match. She is picking Nia Jax and Tamina. We had another promo from uh, Mojo Raleigh as well in the midst of this. Yeah, I couldn't cut catch all these promos there, there was, were a lot there of was actually this. a lot on this kickoff a lot more than usual on typical kickoffs i find there's just a lot of panel discussions mm-hmm. about nothing but this one they did a lot of pre-taped stuff with uh various people who weren't a part of this show we also had something for braun Strowman Strowman earlier oh though. my god that braun Strowman promo was awful well, he had to do like a story yeah. with cutaways to baron, baron corbin. corbin and it was not braun Strowman material it's you know it, it it tells me how good samoa joe is because samoa joe had a similar one i like that one everyone else dumped on that night, promo that joe did but night night aj I yes thought, i thought it was great too. i liked it yeah but this i thought was not nearly as effective then we had murphy a uh, buddy murphy versus akira tozawa for the cruiserweight title our lone match on our one hour kickoff show this match was great yeah Early on, Tozawa goes for a suicide dive, and he's caught by Murphy, who turns it into a brain buster on the floor. Then during the match, they cut. we go to the split screen where Kayla Braxton is trying to interview Kofi Kingston, and she's stopped by Xavier Woods and Big E, who are talking about he's getting a massage. Uh, Kofi doesn't have a problem with endurance, and Woods said that people have been sleeping on Kingston his whole career. He's a living legend. Way just outlined how many promos we heard on the show. I didn't know why we needed one in the middle of this match just to upset any potential momentum that they already are going to be mm-hmm. in the cruiserweight position struggling with. So I just yeah. I just didn't like that this had to be here. You have you have sixty minutes. It kind of tells you though, you know what they think of the cruiserweight matches. They're really just often just kind of there to fill time, and I. Th- feel like the purpose of the kickoff is really to promote your main events. So the fact that they had this segment, I don't, you know, begrudge them for that at all. But a little disrespectful to anybody who has to kind of... I just think it, it can all be achieved in that hour. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, but it wasn't like there was a ton of action. Like, I mean, they wrestle with the knowledge that they are cutting away backstage, right? Murphy was seated on the top, and then he did this awesome spot where he lifted Tozawa with his hands up into the air while he's seated. This was like like couples yoga type of shit. This was, yeah, this was uh, Cirque de Cruiserweight. <laughs> and Tozawa then came down and turned it into a Frankensteiner off the top. It was awesome. I was like, wow, that was an incredible spot that it's almost being wasted here on a kickoff show. Like, it was really impressive. Well, would you rather do this here or 205 Live? Well, I'm saying they probably don't have much of a bigger stage than mm-hmm. this, so yeah. you do what you can. Um, to- uh, Tozawa got hit then with a knee to the face and a suplex for a two count. This is when the audience is starting to get into it as, as the work is really strong. Tozawa leaped off the turnbuckle into a reverse Rana, then hit a suicide dive and a jumping senton onto Murphy's back for a near fall. Tozawa countered Murphy's Law on the first attempt with a roll-up, applied an octopus submission. Murphy broke free. Second try, hit Murphy's Law and pinned Tozawa at 13 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, This was excellent. Just an excellent Mm -hmm. match that sadly no one will remember by the end of this show, but it was a really strong match. I thought this was uh, better than the Rumble uh, kickoff match, which I thought was uh, very good. Well, I don't remember the Rumble kickoff match. That's the biggest problem with these. Much less Tuesday. By the end of the night, you don't remember these. (laughs) And it's just like, it's just completely, it's the white noise of great wrestling. I I don't remember the match, but I I always leave these performances knowing who's really good. And I often come... Everyone on that roster? Pretty much everybody. 
everybody, but uh, in particular, Buddy Murphy, who I think is is spectacular. And uh, any chance he gets to kind of showcase himself on the main roster, the guy takes full advantage. So he's somebody who I really look to as somebody who you can transition from 205 Live to the main roster. And I hope they do that very soon because he is continuing to have a great run here with the belt. Um, Tazawa, I think, is amazing as well. You know, like we said on the preview, I hope... Like, unfortunately, a lot of these guys are going to be undersized, especially, like, if Mustafa Ali is, you know, taking up one of those roles. And Tazawa's smaller than Mustafa Ali. So, I, but I would love to see Tazawa on, in a tag team. Um, I think both these guys have a lot more to offer than just what they do on 205 Live. There, there's sometimes, you know, the, the constant um, presence on WWE programming in certain roles you kind of just see guys in a certain light and it takes a different angle to not wrestling angle, but just looking at them from a different angle to see just the talent mm-hmm. on this roster and nothing this weekend was more just uh, eye opening to me than watching Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows on the Jim Rome show. Oh yeah. This was such a phenomenal interview by Jim Rome, who was a guy that like detested wrestling at one point. I don't mm-hmm. know if he has suddenly changed things, but he was great. And like Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, if you watch this, like this is just a media stop for them. Granted, a, a fairly big, prominent one with Jim Rome, but they're the guys called upon to do this interview, and they are fantastic. And I'm thinking, I can't remember the last time these two had a live microphone on television, and they were. They were like the most likable duo you could possibly watch just mm-hmm. in this segment alone. In these 14 minutes, they showed more character than I've seen in their entire WWE run. Sure. Well, listen, like most people who are employed by that company have a talent of some sort. That's the reason why they have jobs, right? But unfortunately, I guess when you have so many people and so much airtime and so much of the uh, Vince McMahon's focus, some people are just going to get left behind. Then we had another promo from Kevin Owens inside of his car. He was joined by a pineapple pizza that he had just ordered for his family. Hawaiian pizza. A Hawaiian pizza. He wishes that he could be in the Elimination Chamber, but he's a month away from returning, and he hates pineapple on pizza. Well, he... He said it was going to be difficult to explain to his children why Becky Lynch won't be a part of WrestleMania this year, but... About it, it'll be about as difficult as explaining to his children why pineapple is a bad idea on pizza, and so he does he's not like it. Obviously, coming back as a heel because pineapple <laughs> pizza is amazing. I thought this was a clear babyface turn for Kevin Owens here. Um, I think this Kevin Owens is proving to be. Um, he's coming back as dad, cool dad. Is he though? Maybe more so goofy dad. Goofy I would dad. Say. Okay, like between he's the- coming back as as Joey Gladstone. From Full House. Joey, Joey's not a dad, though. He's an uncle. Well, he's kind of... He's going to be the uncle to every okay. every fan. But this is like, you know, Kevin Owens kind of continuing his promos with these non-sequiturs. Like, this last... Monday, it was bowling. This week, it was Hawaiian pizza. And tomorrow... Mini golf. Mini golf? Okay. Perhaps. Laser tag. I also... I'm not entirely sure that I, I believe that he is going to be coming back in a month. I feel like some of it might be a misdirection. And I feel like this whole thing might be a misdirection. Him just coming back as a babyface after promos like these without any like real reason seems very uncharacteristic for Kevin Owens. Could very well be. Yeah. yeah. 
Charlie Caruso then brought out Mark Henry. They were airing a documentary on him on the on the network tonight, actually airing as we speak. And he put over the cruiserweight match, which I thought was worth noting that he, yeah. you know, he put that over probably on his own volition just mm-hmm. to promote those guys. And he's choosing the Iconics to win the Elimination Chamber match. And the fans did not necessarily agree with him on that one. No. And that takes us into the main show. Kicking off with the first Elimination Chamber match with the women's tag titles at stake. Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jackson, Tamina versus Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan versus the Iconics versus Naomi and Carmella versus Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. And this opening match featured Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Renee Young and Beth Phoenix on commentary. Banks and Bailey started the match per the stipulation on Raw against Rose and DeVille, who lost their three-way match on Tuesday. And at one point, Mandy Rose got her leg caught into the chain link fence. And this looked like an, a very inadvertent uh, spot. I don't know about that. She looked like she was really struggling to get this foot out of there and then just fell down when well, she I, finally got it in free. In fact, I felt, I felt it, it to be kind of silly when, you know, but it's like the tree of woe, you know, it's it's... This was the Tree of Rose. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Banks had her arm driven into the pod, and she was taken out of this for quite a while at Mm -hmm. the beginning, but that would play into the comeback later. Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan were the third team to enter, and Morgan got dropped with this head kick, and then Bailey fired up. The audience is behind her. They did a five-woman Tower of Doom spot with Bailey coming off the top turnbuckle. I know we always isolate Sasha Banks when she'll take these falls and these strikes and you're just like, your heart is in your throat. Well, Liv Morgan to me has now reached that level too where I watched, there were several spots where I thought she had just, either she is just the best seller of the bunch or like she looked like she was just getting nailed in the face several times. And I was very concerned throughout this match. It was that striking exchange between her and Sonya Deville that I, I, I was kind of afraid for both of them a little bit. But maybe it's just great selling. The Iconics were in fourth and they just went through everybody. They were double teaming each team. They went after Bailey and Banks. Uh, this was where Banks was prompted to return to the match. And they were just dominating everybody. And Bailey and Sasha were set on the on the floor outside of the, the ring. And Peyton Royce did this somersault flip over and just crashed into Bailey's head upon landing. Mm. That didn't look fun. Yeah. Fifth team in is Naomi and Carmella. And I guess we can uh, talk about this here. There was a chant here of Corey Graves, and then they worked past it afterwards it was not as loud as i thought it'd be this was not deafening and i don't think if you were unaware of the story that you would even bat an eye at this but um the story was out this week about Corey graves and carmella i i really hate talking about these stories because i think that it's it's a private matter that i don't feel um when all sides of a story like that there are many sides to it and Mm. you don't know um the situation involved in all of these people. And to me, if it is not, that to me is a personal uh, issue that those three are dealing with, that it does not impede on your professional work, then it's not to me something that I think deserves scrutiny. Yeah, I think what we can comment on is, you know, what, what if any reaction the company had to it in, in, in terms of booking here. And in between her and Naomi and Jimmy Uso on this show, there was none. It was just like, you basically kind of, you know, show goes on as as if everything... No. Naomi and Carmella were the first team out. Um, yeah. 
I don't like I, I don't think that there was going to be any kind of um reaction be if they had yeah. been in longer. It didn't seem like this was a crowd. I don't know if this is an audience as a whole. Like you, there's one thing of like this was insane on Twitter yeah. all weekend long. Yeah. Uh I didn't sense that this was a crowd that was going to be treating it like this was the dominating story. I kind of sense like especially with the with how much they're promoting like the women's evolution and all that, like crowds are becoming more respectful. Especially in comparison to some of the shows that we've been digging through like from the early 2000s mm-hmm. or or late 90s. These crowds I think understand that hey, like this is, you know, there are kids involved in this, like it's it's kind of Let's let's try to class it up, and I I didn't think like the whole audience here wanted to je- even join along on this Corey Graves thing. Mm-hmm. So and, and Naomi and Carmella they had kind of the the matching outfits, and they yeah. came up with a lot of tandem spots. It seemed that you know maybe it was just coming up with some ideas for this match, but you certainly had the sense that these two are going to be paired beyond this. Like sure. they had like a bunch of stuff planned out in advance for this team mm-hmm. together as a. Uh, Oh, I always blank on the name. The fabulous, fabulous glow. glow. Come of on, course, of fire course. and desire. Yeah, I'm trying to get all these these names down. Um, so they did a sequence where everyone laid out each other with their big moves. All the women are down, and then Naomi and Mandy Rose squared off, playing off that program. And Naomi got taken down by Billy Kay with a sunset flip as Peyton used a jackknife cover. So we got the double pinfall to eliminate Naomi mm-hmm. and by extension Carmella. I, I thought it was a good elimination. That double double pin from the Iconics was actually I thought effective. The shrieking from Billy Kay is um, tough, very tough. Yeah, yeah, uh, not not in a great heel way either. Like it's literally I'm worried about windows breaking. <laughs> then we had Nia Jax and Tamina as the final team to enter, and the Iconics were they had some funny spots in here. Like they. Nia Jax and Tamina are running roughshod, and then they turn around. The Iconics have locked themselves inside of a pod, and their their facial expressions are very good. I think it's as ter- in terms of like uh, comedic timing, I think they are the best in the division, maybe um, among the best in the entire company. So that was certainly like their... they play the roles well. Yeah, the, the wrestling is where they're they're trying to play catch up. Well, yeah, and that's their strength that they tried to emphasize. Yeah, at least. I think I mean, they're very lucky they have each other to play off. Oh of, yeah, um, as well. So. The Naya and Tamina force the doors open. Um, the announcers are comparing this to a scene in a horror movie. And then Jax and Tamina lift them up and they just ragged all the two back and forth into mm-hmm. the fence. I really like Naya and Tamina as like the monster team of the bunch here. Sure. I kind of think this is a good role for Naya Jax to be paired with Tamina mm-hmm. if you're going to pair them with with Bailey and Banks. But I think that this this works for them. Is kind of you have you have this advantage in these two being able to tower over the rest of the division. Mm-hmm. And they they work well here. Uh they hit them with double Samoan drops. The Iconics are out. Logan and Morgan then attack Jackson Tamina. Logan assisted Morgan with a diamond dust. And then Morgan and Logan dove off their pods with a pair of high crosses onto the other four women. And Tamina then came back, splash off of the top to both Logan and Morgan, pinning both for the elimination. So we are down to Bailey and Banks against Nia Jax and Tamina. The two... Uh, it's a it's a raw final, just like the King of the Ring 2002, which is available on Post Wrestling Cafe. On this week's Rewind Away. Thank you. Nia Jax ran at Bailey. She missed and crashed through the pod. So Banks hit Tamina with the Meteora, Bailey with an elbow off the top, and then the four women jumped on top to pin Tamina. I'm sorry, we had we had the Rosen Deville here as well. So Tamina and Jax are eliminated. 
big reaction for their elimination. And then the final is Bailey and Banks against Rose and Deville, which is Raw versus SmackDown and has nothing oh, to man. do with uh, King Sorry. of the Ring 2002. I, I got ahead of you myself. You move so fast sometimes, it's hard for me to follow. But um, Beth uh, also mentioned that this was the same Final Four from last year's Elimination Chamber. That's right. And stating that this year it's under much different mm-hmm. circumstances. So I thought the the final the with these four... Uh, turned into a very strong match and the audience was very hot for this. The yeah. Houston crowd was great. Yes. They were a super crowd all night long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banks hit the ba- the backstabber and then Bailey followed with the Bailey to belly onto DeVille for a huge near fall as Mandy Rose made the save. And then they did the spot playing off of last year where Banks is on top of the pod and Bailey reaches out and Banks pulls her up to the top instead of the the Lion King scene from last year where Banks grabbed her and then stomped her down. Um, Anyway, so they did make mention of that. Bailey was driven off the pod and she's down. Banks then climbs down to check on her and then Rose sends Banks shoulder first into the pod and hit her double underhook driver, which I asked way. Does Mandy Rose have a name for that? And Way, you discovered that the name of this move is the bed of roses. The bed of roses. Mm-hmm. I think the, the test for any move is: could you imagine a dramatic call to end a pay per view with that name, with Jim Ross screaming it? Sure, why not? The bed of roses. Banks went for the bank statement onto DeVille, but instead of the usual setup, she applied this variation where the foot was around the throat, almost like a inverted Gogo Plata, and submitted Sonia DeVille. Because the shoulder was injured from being rammed into the to, to the pod. I thought it was very clever. I thought it was very clever. You know, this as a an elimination chamber match, I thought was perhaps one of the, the most challenging that uh, all the participants and the people putting it together had um, of any elimination chamber. And as usual, with a lot of these matches involving this particular crop of women with varying levels of experience, you had a lot of sloppiness here. The the closer camera angles, because the camera had to be in the chamber, didn't necessarily help things either. I thought it exposed a lot of missed timings. Um, but also, like with a lot of the matches involving these women, they often overperform due to great booking. And I think focusing on, on your strong performers leading the charge. And here, uh, as usual, Bailey and Sasha were called upon to, they were great. to do great. As the babyface team, they were really great together. They were fantastic. And I also felt like the other final two, uh, the final four here. Um, this wouldn't have been my pick to have been the final four with Deville and Rose. And I thought you're right. The uh, the final the final four it, it worked, Rose? and the, and they benefited from a great crowd. And you also do see that like the WWE now they they do know like the pattern with heightened false yep. finishes, and they're gonna milk that when an audience reacts loudly to them it's that spot it's the spot where like everybody hits their finishers at the same time like i i felt like there this match kind of ran the risk of like having too much happen and having too many variables and and too many people screwing up you didn't get a lot of that here especially towards the final five minutes which uh, were you know typically what people remember and so i thought rose and deville improve their value probably the most of any participants here bailey and sasha were already kind of made but like rose and deville here were put in a very big pressure situation and i thought they did tremendously so um overall i found this to be a pretty satisfying match 33 minutes yeah this one that's went. no easy task for yeah. like for the iconics you know yeah being in this match yeah I-, I thought like the the early portions you can you can certainly poke a lot of holes through mm. but i thought as a match you're going to remember the finish for it and they benefited from a great crowd that was yeah. into it a lot and i think that you have to uh, 
concede that this over delivered. Yes. Then we had Banks and Bailey interviewed in the ring, and it was Sasha Banks who was in tears, stating that no one knows how hard they fought for these titles and have fought for the women in the back, and this is only the beginning, and this felt like a really genuine emotional moment for Sasha Banks. And it put the titles over big time. And I think that that's, you know, the the short term would be put, put it on Nia and Tamina, mm-hmm. and these women can chase it. But I always feel that when you're starting something, put it on a big baby face yeah. and it makes it feel very important off the bat and that's what this did well sorry i chuckle a little bit because i realize that this tag title win is like a year in the making like we've had to sit through a whole lot of bullshit i mean they i don't even know if they knew that they were going to go to the go to this direction one at the chamber last year i can i kind of doubt I, it no but but i mean they certainly delayed these tag titles for a very long time all for this moment and uh by the time they got to it you know, was it worth the wait? Maybe I'm not so sure, but I think you got a very heartfelt promo from Sasha and Bailey here, as you know, mm-hmm. Sasha is is great typically at. Um, I and I think this gives them a good run before you finally maybe heat heat up that rivalry again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, certainly a risky option to go with this match without a Natalia, a yeah. Mickey James, an Oscar, Charlotte, yep. like women that you did have available for this pay-per-view, even Alexa Bliss having mm. a role in this that is a very over character. I'm guessing they want to focus on teams that will actually stay teams, right? Yeah. Um, I could see all these teams having, you know, s- sticking together. Mm. You're right. Shane McMahon and the Miz versus the Usos for the SmackDown tag titles. The Miz came out first. And he's got a big announcement to make. He wants to dedicate this match to his dad, to his daughter, Monroe Sky, and his wife, Maurice. And there, Maurice comes out, and the couple announces they're having a second child. Unusual, I would say. Yes. Uh, to start off a match um, with this type of announcement. Well, I it, think it is going to play into this. Well, it already played into yeah, the, to it's the... it's. It was done for a reason. Yeah. Um, nothing like this has to perhaps this could be a record for the earliest. Um, someone has been utilized in an angle, <laughs> like a, 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 a fetus. As a fetus yeah. is is the going to be the <laughs> impetus for the Miz to turn on Shane McMahon. Match begins. Uh, Shane went for the coast to coast drop kick early, but got caught on the apron. Shane then was tagged in, and it was... uh, It was Shane. It was Shane McMahon. I don't know what to say. He attempted, he attempted a brogue kick, and they said that was an ode to Seamus. I thought it was just an ode to being very shameful. Oh, oh my God. Um, (laughs) It's just a big leap here to go where... Shane, oh, like, like Shane is here, like it's Shane the badass with his big playground to course. to have Listen, his fourteen minute pay per view match. Shane is the creative wrestler in his own video game. Like he is the guy that everybody makes of themselves, and you give yourself all the best moves. You give your you put the game genie in, and you hack it so that you have. 5,000 experience level points so that you can buy the coolest moves. I'm going to buy a shooting star press. I'm going to buy coast to coast. I'm going to buy a broke kick as my uh, set uh, standard move. I'm going to return the game because there's a glitch with the brogue kick. It doesn't look good. But he thinks it looks amazing. That's the thing. In his mind, he thinks all his shit looks great. Some of it looks all right, but not all of it. Yeah. So 
he does hit the coast-to-coast drop kick onto Jimmy. Then he climbs up the other side, and he goes for another one to the opposite side to Jay, who hits him with a super kick in midair. Great timing. Yeah. Jay then hit a splash from the top, but Miz broke up the cover. Miz goes to the floor, clears the announcer's desk, and both Usos are down because Jimmy dives to the floor, missing Miz, and knocks into his brother by mistake. And Jay is put onto the desk, and Shane climbs to the top, and the special meter is hit, and Shane jumps off the uh, the top and crashes through the desk with Jay. Mm-hmm. Jimmy then attempts a splash in the ring, landing on the Miz's knees. Miz hits the skull-crushing finale, but then is rolled up with a crucifix by Jimmy, who pins the Miz. 13:55, and the Usos win the SmackDown tag titles. So if mm-hmm. there was any thought that uh, this past week w- would change anything, no. uh, they were going full steer, full gear ahead with their plan. Yeah, this this seemed like the plan from from the beginning and you know the Usos win but they were not the story here. It was No, they were served to, they were the to... the winners of the match but yeah. the story was Shane and Miss. Yeah. Completely. I thought this wasn't too dissimilar to the previous match, you know, once you kind of get past the expected portions of sloppiness from some of the weaker performers like like a Shane McMahon, I think you're you were actually left with with a pretty decent exciting match. I think the crowd certainly helped a lot here, but I thought this had a, a great deal of energy. Shane got his spots in to the crowd's delight. That elbow looked great. The coast to coast looked good. Um, and I thought more so than that, it was a great showcase for the Usos who uh, strung this whole thing together. This was overall a good show. If I, if I had to isolate my weakest match on the show, um, it's probably either this or the no DQ match. For me, it would be the no DQ. Yeah. So the idea was that Miz, after dedicating the match to his family, including his unborn child, lost. And Shane McMahon was outside and unable to help him because he had taken himself out with the elbow drop. And the Miz helped Shane McMahon to the back, and then we would revisit them later on in the night. You missed this way, but this is quite the interview. Oh, please tell me. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush were interviewed by Dasha Fuentes. Dasha asks Leo Rush, are you the weak link on the team? (laughs) And Rush was very confused by this question. So Dasha explained her rationale of why Leo is the weak link. You're a liability to Lashley. And Rush is trying to explain that Lashley is the stake. He's the sizzle. And Dasha reminds him, but you were pinned by Finn Balor two weeks ago. And Bobby, you could lose the title by Finn Balor just pinning him like he did before. And Bobby Lashley didn't want to hear any of this, and he just took Leo and left as the match was set to begin. So a handicap match for the Intercontinental title, Lashley, Leo Rush versus Finn Balor. Rush kept distracting Balor, grabbed his foot from the floor as he was trying to do a dive onto Lashley, and this allowed Lashley and Rush to take over and work over his midsection for a long time. Lashley hit the Dominator and then went for the spear but Leo tagged himself in and missed with a top rope splash. So Balor is able to corner Rush, keeping him away from Lashley. Then Lashley and Rush are sent to the floor, and Balor takes out both with a Topicon hero. So with Lashley down, he gets Rush into the ring, running dropkick, coup de grace, and Finn Balor pins Leo Rush to win the Intercontinental title at 9 minutes and 28 seconds. Well, just like the last match, the title win was kind of forgotten by the end of this whole thing. It, It was not... The focus of of the match. I think this was more designed. We have to get the title off of Bobby Lashley, and we don't want to pin him. And I, in writing my preview, thought this would be the end 
Because I feel that maybe they are going to do Lesnar and Bobby Lashley quickly. Well, like, they, they were pushing that again tonight. Yeah. The announcers kept making mention of it, so they wouldn't be doing that for nothing. I, th- so. I think that that's the whole reason Leo Rush was in this match, and yeah. this was a way to get the title off him, and maybe Lesnar is going to do a quick match at Fastlane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I understand the need for this. I just hate the way that Balor had to, you know, go the easy route essentially to win the title it doesn't make balor look that great i don't think this match was designed to make balor look great i think the focus which was, is which I, is a shame he yeah. came off of a great performance from brock lesnar and look at the way they capitalized on the kofi kingston momentum from that match valor i mean yeah he got the belt i think you know he'll probably cut a big promo tomorrow and begin his next program but i i wasn't as impressed with this his handling on this show yeah i didn't think the match was anything all that special but crowd did react big to the simple, finish simple story yeah. yeah lashley was upset after the match he grabbed leo but then let him down the crowd really wanted to see him attack leo and then he lifted him and just slammed him down and lashley left alone so i guess this is the breakup of these two which is not great news for leo rush no Back to 205, I guess. I guess so. But, I mean, he'll at least get to wrestle. Like, in this match, he wrestled like he he wrestled like he had never been in the ring before. This pairing mm-hmm. hasn't clicked for me at all, either. Yeah. I, I don't think Bobby on his own is going to be much better. Yeah. Um, he's problem. just been, you know, a guy that has just not found himself in this year that mm-hmm. he's been on, in, on the WWE roster. Charlie brought out Charlotte Flair. She ran down Becky Lynch for pandering to the fans. I guess we should explain the angle they did on Saturday night's SmackDown show in Alexandria, Louisiana. And they had Becky run in during a Oscar-Charlotte match. And it led to Charlotte re-injuring Becky Lynch's knee in storyline and uh, announcing that she's re-injured her knee. And I guess they kind of had to do it at the house show because they had tonight's angle planned but i did like the fact they did it at a house show Mm -hmm. and not just doing it a house show but airing the footage promoting where the city was and it's a tiny thing but i as we've talked about with the house show attendance and trying to uh build up that portion of your business this is at least you know uh an acknowledgement of your house shows which is something that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. as amazing as that sounds to people Mm -hmm. so i like the idea And Charlotte says she is going to watch the match from ringside. She knows she's the best in the entire WWE. And we'll see who she will headline WrestleMania against. Ronda Rousey or Ruby Riot. Yeah. I thought, I think, again, Charlotte sounds very good. She's not so good, though, that there's any chance the audience will cheer for her. That's great. I think she's kind of at the level where, like, you know, she sounds good, but I still hate her. And I think that's exactly who you want for this role. Rousey came out dressed as Sonya Blade, who she is doing a voice work for in the next Mortal Kombat game. And the audience starts chanting for Becky Lynch. Uh, Rousey threw her a couple of times. So Riot retreated to the floor and Rousey is yelling at her. Get into the ring. Do you want to go to WrestleMania? Come on. And and, uh, Riot gets in. She's hit with Piper's Pit. And then Rousey grabs the arm, cross arm breaker, and Ruby Riot taps at a minute 42. I had no issue with this at all. I was disappointed. You know, I think it's certainly important to make Ronda look strong. I also know a ton of time it will be taken up by the post-match. But I think on a pay-per-view, especially against somebody as capable as Ruby Riot, who went into this match looking to prove to the world that she wasn't just somebody to be dismissed. 
Well, she proved to the world that she was somebody to be dismissed because she she lost here pretty much in, in less time than I thought it probably took to beat Sarah Logan on Raw. So I was disappointed. I felt like they could have had a bit more back and forth. Ruby should have, to me, gotten more. I, I think at WrestleMania time, when like this is the main event of WrestleMania, uh, it's not Ruby Riot's time. It's not, if I'm looking like we, we have to do something for Ruby, I don't think now's the time like she this could is... have lost that's fine but i at least give me like you know a solid five minutes i i i didn't have a big issue with this i thought that you know the priorities ronda make her look super dominant going into wrestlemania so um i mean that was i think what most expected in this too um but i don't disagree either that you know ruby riot is more than capable of having a really good match with ronda rousey i think just the timing was against her here charlotte walks into the ring they have a face-off and then we hear the crowd cheer. Becky Lynch is on crutches, entering through the crowd, and had no resistance getting into the ring. They didn't explain that very well, the lack of security. You know, this this person hobbling their way to the ring could somehow not be stopped. Yeah, well, she's got an all-access pass during the suspension, it turns out. She got into the ring. The audience is going nuts for her. And Becky attacks Charlotte with her crutches, and Rousey just stood there watching. And then she hand uh, Rousey took one of the crutches and they had this face off like they were going to have a duel. And instead, Becky just watched as Rousey turned her back to Becky, looking at Charlotte as though she was going to attack her further. When Becky nailed Rousey with the crutch and everyone exploded, they just wanted to see Ronda get beaten by Becky Lynch. They wanted to see Becky Lynch beat up everybody. Well, yeah. Becky Lynch beat up everybody yeah. and she destroyed Ronda with these shots uh, to the, like her back was all welted up and the side of her head was bleeding. And that to me, you know, you're, you're giving someone your body for this injury angle. Like you've got to, try and avoid cutting someone open on the head like that's it was the same thing when charlotte did the kendo stick attacks to ronda yeah it's man. like i'm sure ronda's the type that's just just lay it in and let's yeah. make it look great but man like you've got a metal object and you're hitting someone in the head like that's that's bad well mania season two it's it's risky of sure. course it's it's risky you know it's a blunt object to the head it's mm -hmm. just like it's bad enough taking the body shots but it's if it's agreed upon it's agreed upon you want to make it look good but i just thought like that was you know completely i'm sure an accident but a mistake nonetheless um angle got over big though yeah. this place went nuts for becky and mm -hmm. ronda and charlotte got the hell beaten out of them with these crutches to uh get this over so i liked it a lot i thought the outcome of of the angle was very positive towards building interest into the three-way, which is, I think, you know, their, their, their biggest challenge right now. Like a lot of people are upset that Charlotte is injected into this, this feud, but I think, I think it, overall it feels like a really hot program. Absolutely. And I think doing an angle like this, turning Becky's attention to an equal level of hatred to both people allows the audience now to want to see Becky get revenge, not just on Rhonda, but also on Charlotte. So if you can make like, if you can make the program less seem like Becky versus uh, Charlotte and Rhonda and more so Becky versus Rhonda and Becky versus Charlotte, both at the same time, I think they will get away with it. Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, no disqualification match. I thought terrible placement for this to follow that angle mm -hmm. and immediately we're going to a no disqualification match where it starts off with a kendo stick, 
which Braun ended up breaking over his knee, stating he doesn't need this to beat up Baron Corbin. So he did. He went for the running shoulder tackle on the floor, and out of out of the camera view, Corbin throws the office chair, the yeah. return of the office chair, and Baron he tosses it, and Braun Strowman is able to fling it away from him in midair. Strowman continues after, misses Baron, and runs into the steps. Strowman then fights back. He brought out a table and he power slammed Corbin into the corner through the table when Drew McIntyre came out and Strowman had his back turned focusing on Drew when Bobby Lashley reappeared with a chair and together McIntyre and Lashley beat down Strowman with chair shots. There was a Glasgow kiss, a spear from Lashley, more chair shots, including one from Corbin to the back and a Claymore kick. They put the steps into the ring, stacked up two tables and they took Braun onto the steps, and the three of them delivered a triple powerbomb, putting Strowman through both tables, and Baron Corbin won at 10 minutes and 48 seconds. The moral of this story is Braun Strowman has no friends. Yeah. None. Oh, everybody's tired. Like, Finn's tired. Is Finn his friend? Uh, I guess not, even though they have had interactions in the past. Mm -hmm. I... In... In the world of WWE, I can almost accept that people that are not in your direct storyline don't exist sure. in situations like this. Kurt Angle, though, I just feel something could have been said on the kickoff show. Like, Kurt Angle is, you know, Kurt Angle is off on a press tour somewhere. Or any, just a little thing to explain why. Because I'm watching this whole thing waiting for Kurt Angle to run down, and there's no explanation as to why. And it can just be right. one line that covers that up and it's just telling me what we thought of that too. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if Kurt will have another part in this. I'm always like, I always never know where they stand on Kurt angle, like whether or not they I mean, have he was plans. involved on Monday. Yeah. But well, does that, involved with all these does, guys that on Monday. does that guarantee that he'll have a spot at WrestleMania or will they just kind of discard him and, and not use him at all? The, the, the fact that they used um, a, a triple power bomb here, Kind of leads me to think that Braun might team up with Rollins Who? and Ambrose potentially. Now both baby faces, right? At fast lane, fast lane, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, you know, like otherwise, why the triple power bomb? Yeah, uh, Strowman reigns. No, that would be that'd be the role he'd be playing in the. In the oh, first. Strowman, Strowman reigns. reigns. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You had a great one too with your Ronda Rousey tonight. Uh, would you care to share? Oh, I did on Twitter. Yeah, I got. I think the, I think the the wrestling the the audio audience deserves to hear it too. I, I said it would have been a lot safer if they just had Sonya Blade. I ran. I run all these ones by way. I was sitting I, here. I was I like, you got to tweet that one, and that's why I did. So blame way. Um, not not a great match. This was more so an angle than anything to me. Um, and I, I just thought it just the placement was really bad to be back to back with the with the big crutch angle before. It, it really felt like it was something that belonged on Raw instead of uh, pay per view. But then again, what what the pay per views mean these days? I mean, this pay per view was short. Nine times out of ten, I would say we could have skipped this match altogether. But mm -hmm. on this show, this this was a shorter than usual show. So I don't know. I, I was less offended by this. I just thought the placement it was just could have been maybe spread out a little bit better. Um, I walked out of the room and returned, but I did say something 
Lacey Evans, however, did not. I completely missed this. Wait, yeah. do you want to recap? It was strange. Well, first of all, we had uh, we caught up with Shane McMahon and the Miz in the trainer's room. And Miz is just, as Shane's getting checked out, Miz is just like so apologetic. Not only did he fail his dad, he failed his unborn child. And he freaks out so much, he like starts throwing things all over the place. Shane just tells him to calm down, go home, I'll see you on Tuesday. So uh miz is somewhat unhinged and i think we'll see the ramifications of it on smackdown uh but then lacey evans comes out her music hits she just walks out walks halfway down the ramp and then turns back around and walks back strange fade to black no follow-up on it whatsoever very strange these call-ups i don't know terrible not so great so far the entrances for the main event began at 9 30 p.m you could not remove the smile from my face when I looked at the clock. I was mm-hmm. like, this is... Unless they're going some ungodly amount of time, we're going to be done this in record time. Uh, before the main event began, Daniel Bryan was out with Eric Rowan, cut a promo about the audience being fickle and starting the gauntlet match and now having to start this one as well. Eric Rowan was sent to the back. So it's Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, and Randy Orton in the Elimination Chamber for the WWE title. Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe started the match. Uh, Joe was in control of Bryan, went from an STF to a crossface to a Fujiwara armbar, and then they killed one another with chops. I found it further indication, like the fact that Bryan started with Joe, I think was further indication that they are looking at Samoa Joe as another babyface now. Like, there's nothing that he did that felt particularly heelish here. He, to me, is is now, like, firmly this badass babyface. He seems to be the utility player that whenever he's... If they come up with an idea, he can he can work with either at this point. And if Maybe. we need him to slightly go heel or babyface, they can almost... Right. They can walk that line with him. Kofi Kingston was in third... Brian ran away from Joe on top of one of the pods. So Kingston scaled up and attacked Brian. And then Brian's climbing on the fence. Kingston is as well. And then Brian falls down and Kingston does his trust fall onto Joe and Brian letting go. It was a lot awesome. of trust. It was certainly a lot of trust and it looked spectacular. It looked like a very hard landing for Kofi on the apron as well. I would never try this in a fight. Um, would you try it in any? Context? I don't think this would do a lot of damage to someone. You're dropping your body weight on them. Why not? Well, whatever damage you're doing to them, you're taking as much. That not that the case for any dive? Oh, back first? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Fourth entrant was AJ Styles. Brian again was climbing the fence as Styles did a springboard and knocked him off the fence with a phenomenal forearm. Uh, Joe had the coquina clutch onto Kingston, who kicked off of the turnbuckle to break free. But then as Joe was staggered, Styles hit the phenomenal forearm out of nowhere, and Joe was the first elimination. It was their callback to Tuesday. Yes. Jeff Hardy was in next, and Styles was perched on the top turnbuckle. And Jeff Hardy came off the pod with a swanton onto the back of AJ. Mm-hmm. This looked nuts. Yeah, there's a little bit of like uh, uh, goofiness in, in the setup of this where both of them seemed to lose balance and had to kind of climb back up. But the finish looked spectacular. Jeff Hardy was uh, in and out, in and out five minutes, like done. Like this was it. He hit the swanton. Yeah. And then after hitting it, Brian hit the running knee and pinned him. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, like this was, he was certainly not uh, somebody to be focused on in this match. No, and no. nothing teased either for no, him coming totally out of this. Totally fine. 
Uh, Randy Orton is the final entrant. Styles attempted the phenomenal forearm, but Orton stops him on the top rope and proceeds to land an RKO off the top and pinned AJ Styles mm-hmm. for the second time in a week. Obviously, where they're going with these two. Yes, yes. Which will be yeah. a great match. Yeah. Orton then hit a draping DDT onto Kingston. He got caught. He caught Brian with a power slam. Uh, but then Orton was blocked by Kingston, who landed the Trouble in Paradise, and he eliminated Randy Orton, which uh, will bring p- uh, memories of people back to a decade ago when mm-hmm. he pinned them in Madison Square Garden, and everyone proclaimed Kofi Kingston is made, <laughs> and wasn't quite made. But that was up until this past week, probably his highest moment in the WWE was that night pinning Randy Orton, which was a really surprise at that time of mm-hmm. Kofi going over someone so established in 2009. Uh, similar effect here? Well, yeah, yeah. I, this was this was the biggest week, I would say, of Kofi Kingston's yeah. WWE tenure. But in particular, pitting Randy Orton. Yep. Yeah, it was. they had to give Kofi something yeah. in this, and that was what he got, pinning Randy Orton. So Huge Kofi chance. Oh, this crowd wanted Kofi Kingston to yeah. win so badly. To the point that as I was watching this, I thought... They could very well have Kofi Kingston win this. I, I didn't never thought they would really do it, but I mean, if they did, it wouldn't have surprised me that much. Yeah. So it's Brian and Kingston at the end, and they traded body kicks. Kingston ducks one of Brian's uh, Brian's kicks and hits the SOS for a two count. The crowd is just reacting to every near fall by Kofi, like it's the biggest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Brian uh, stops Kingston on the outside, sent Kingston crashing into the pod off a bulldog attempt, hit a running knee, Kingston kicks out. Brian's then stomping him down, hits another running knee, but as Kingston gets out of the way, he goes for the trouble in paradise, and Brian counters that with a cradle, and the cr- camera cuts away to the crowd as this is happening. It's unfortunate, because like I thought actually the production did a great job of cutting to the audience throughout Kofi Kingston's near falls. It just it just gave you a great sense that this entire arena was cheering for this one guy. Unfortunately, they cut away a little early for this. Right as the pinfall is occurring. Yeah. They fought on top of the pod. Kingston kicks him down to the mat, leaps off, missing with a splash, and Brian hits one final running knee, and he wins the match 36 minutes and 36 seconds, uh, capping off what I thought was a very strong chamber match. But much like the first chamber match, I thought it was the final two that really were the strength of this. I thought Brian and Kingston, uh, they were very good on Tuesday. They were great here. Yeah, yeah. I thought, uh, I mean, I think Brian, I don't know what it is, but I think it the combination of him being a heel and him uh, getting this like great character has made his entering performances better and more captivating to me. And I thought this was one of his best performances since he's come back from from his injuries. So he was fantastic here. Kofi Kingston, it, it it's amazing how much this guy's done in two appearances. Like I mean, in one appearance, just that on on Tuesday alone, they. They made this guy, at least for this week. Even if this was a stopgap, I think you have to have something more concrete Absolutely. for him coming out of this, or else 100%. this is all for naught. Yeah. Like, the, it was, I think, even best case scenario, what they were planning on Tuesday, yeah. they couldn't have imagined it playing out to this degree. Yeah. And I think anybody week. feeling bad for Mustafa Ali, I don't think 
you could have achieved the same thing with Mustafa Ali in the same role. Like people like Mustafa Ali. Part of it was Kofi. It's the this guy's been here for, here for 11, 11 years. years. That was and a being, big part of it. And being overlooked and never getting his due. So I think this story has to be for him. And they capitalized perfectly. This the, the last like however many 10 minutes here he had with Brian were tremendous. I thought overall in the cell like it was a good cell match. Everybody kind of like yeah. had their spots. But it, everybody was just kind of there to clear the way for Kofi and Brian at yeah. the end. And I, I thought the ending was with the strong part. I'll, I'll be on it. Like, I had really high expectations for this match. Yep. And they kind of just blitzed through eliminations. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the but first that, 20 minutes were, they were fine. But I, I wouldn't say they were overwhelmingly great. There were some creative spots. Yeah. You know, with with the cage and whatnot. But I, yeah, o- overall, it, the, the elimination chamber stuff in the beginning itself was somewhat forgettable. But I thought the Brian-Kofi match at the end was fantastic. Yeah. So I, I thought this was a really good pay-per-view. I, I thought a uh, really good show. Over-delivered. Absolutely. Like when you look at this thing on paper, like the yeah, this was chamber, one that came in with very minimal expectations. Mm, but like a combination of a great crowd and I think pretty good booking and almost everything. Very solid, you know, last several uh, minutes of that main event. Uh, I was entertained throughout the evening. This Houston crowd was awesome. Yeah. Like they were a big, big part of this. And yeah, they got a lot of the elevated... I would say pretty much every match on the show. So those were our thoughts on Elimination Chamber. We're going to be going to the forum. And if you want to call in, uh, we'll give out the number now. If you call in, we will uh, we will interrupt feedback to go to calls. But we have our number at 732-800-4423. Or you can Skype us. Just search for Post Wrestling. Uh, if it's busy, just keep calling. As soon as the line frees up, uh, you will be able to get through. A lot of people on the chat room are, are putting over a Crone Gracie on, on the UFC show tonight. I haven't seen anything from no, UFC yet. I'll watch it later. I will be watching it after. He was He got so much attention because conor mcgregor gave like the most glowing tweet about him ahead of time like you couldn't ask for a better endorsement ahead of time first of all what would you rate the show out of 20 out of 20 tonight i go i go 16 i go 16 as well yeah so that's an a our forum rated this 13.87 less than us all right well i was i was i I enjoyed this show and believe me ending at 10 30 Brings it up many notches. And I feel me. satisfied. Anyway, yes. we go to Sean from Toronto who says, This was my first WWE pay per view after finally getting the network a few weeks ago. I think that the two chamber matches were decent, but the rest of the card was hit or miss. Jimmy Uso getting the pin following his arrest raised eyebrows. I don't know why it would. I mean, uh, anyway. Raised eyebrows and Balor pinning Rush was probably the most predictable finish of the show, other than perhaps the Ronda-Ruby match being absolutely worth nothing. The weakest part of the show was definitely the Baron Corbin screwdrop finish, and there is a good chance that X-Pac Heat will soon be known as Corbin Heat. All right, we continue on. Let's go to Andrew from Cape Breton. I'll be honest, I thought tonight was just going to have... Have me come to the forum and make a bunch of Corey Graves jokes. But tonight, we probably saw the best Elimination Chamber match ever. I was skeptical before and felt that Kofi shouldn't be in this because we all know how WWE will treat Kofi. I think tonight I feel slightly more optimistic of Kofi's future, but I still don't know. I think him winning the title at WrestleMania might be the best outcome, and this could simply be the start of the story. Tonight Hmm. may have been the beginning and not the end. Um, Could you see that? No, I can't. I, it's hard for me. To, like, I'm sure by this point, they already have what they had planned for Brian. And for me to think about that they would deviate from those plans, like, because Kofi Kingston just suddenly caught fire two months out, it's it's kind of hard for me to think that they would do that. They wouldn't even, like, move. They wouldn't even really do it for Becky. Yeah, I think you can get away with Kingston challenging for the title on TV. Maybe even Fastlane. If you feel you have something that you can... Um, 
pair Brian with someone at, at Fastlane. Mm-hmm. But you also need a match now at Fastlane, you would assume, to create the number one contender. And I would see Kofi in that mix. Right. So, hmm. and what they do at Fastlane as well. If it's a singles match, if it's a multi-person match, uh, they'll pro- they probably have to get that together this week because Fastlane's in three weeks. Yeah. Very quick turnaround. Uh, the only negatives were the Strowman-Corbin match feeling a little sn- slow and the women's elimination chamber match was sloppy at times, but I thought the match in general was okay. Sasha and Bayley against Sonya and Mandy may have been a better match by itself. All four of them were excellent. 17 out of 20 for me with a lot of those points going to the elimination chamber main event. We go to Gerard who says, The show exceeded my admittedly low expectations. The booking of the main event to come down to an extended Brian versus Kingston match was the right choice, and hopefully this becomes a feud going forward. Best Elimination Chamber match in some time. The Women's Tag Team Elimination Chamber match was also a lot better than I expected, and the right team won. However, given to- give time... Given the time that the show ended, there was no excuse for the Cruiserweight title match to have been relegated to the pre-show, especially given how awesome it was. Match of the night for me. Akira Tozawa has a tremendous ability to get the crowd into his matches. And I thought Corbin vs. Strowman was the worst match of the show. I know there's a lot of attention in WWE recently to who the company is now pushing, but the ending of the Corbin vs. Strowman match only confirms to me they've completely dropped the ball with Strowman. Yeah. Well, I mean... I feel like the Cruiserweight match was the better match to put on the kickoff, given the type of match that it was. You had a clean finish to it. Like, who would you have replaced it with? Corbin versus Strowman? I think to end... I think that match was there to to shoot this big angle, to do something with Drew and Lashley. It wouldn't have made sense to me to put that one on the kickoff, given how that that match took place. All right. uh, Next up, we have... Andrew from St. John, the two chamber matches were excellent with the women's tag better than I expected with a nice callback to the Sasha Bailey spot from last year and the main event match incredibly captivating both in its early stages and during the match beyond with Kofi and Brian putting together a thrilling final stage. In a week, they got Kofi to a point where I bit hard on the first Trouble in Paradise near fall, which is wild to think about. Singles run has to be in the cards, but the rest wasn't great. I was happy to see Finn win and Becky kick some ass, even if I hate the way her story has been been stopping and starting and I think they did Ruby Riot dirty, but not a lot had my interest on the show especially not the excruciatingly long brawn beatdown we got a brandon from texas who says i thought overall the show was great tonight the women's elimination chamber match while messy at the beginning really ended up being a fun match with an awesome ending usos and miz and usos and miz Usos, Miz, and Shane was better than I expected, and a good match with the result that I wanted. Balor, Lashley, and Rush was better than I expected as well, and was one of the better performances from Lashley since he has returned for me. We have a call, John. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Who is this calling? Hey, what's up? Who's this? (laughs) Oh, God. He found us. Brandon, how are you? What did you think of Elimination Chamber? (laughs) I thought it was great. It was fun. It was better than that Bellator show the other night. Uh, that that is very accurate. I would say definitely a better show than I watched on Saturday night. Highlights, lowlights of tonight's show. Yeah, give it to us, Brandon. Uh, what, what stood out for you? Meanderings. Uh, oh, Come on. Kofi. I'm dry. Kofi. Oh, Kofi, man. I, I never thought in 2019 Kofi would be a, a title contender. <laughs> it's out of this world. Uh, from. From being Jamaican to like he's he's on the precipice of, of glory, but it's gonna be taken away from him. I, I I thought that was pretty awesome. Do you think this is a one week phenomenon? Do you think that they're gonna follow up with Kofi Kingston beyond this week? I mean, 
they have to, right? I think so. I mean, I mean, you got no other choice. I mean, you got choices, but I mean, people are pretty hot for this. They don't like. Uh, they I shouldn't. Mean, they certainly shouldn't. They certainly shouldn't take it for granted because I don't think anybody could have achieved this, but somebody like a Kofi Kingston. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think Kofi would get this. <laughs> This, I mean, ever again. I, I, I thought New Day would be New Day, but yeah, this is pretty cool. I, I thought it was pretty fun. But what would they, what would, what, if Kofi wins, like, would they, would he get a belt of his own? Like, <laughs> would it be like ice cream or pancakes or whatever he, he's into? It's a very good question. Yeah, something very wasteful that's non recyclable. Yeah. 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 I would say like a pancake, belt. cardboard mix, uh, pancake mix, yeah. whipped cream. What, what, Corey Graves won the title. What, what, what is Belty? Oh, come on. All right, Brandon. So nice to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm always the bad guy who has to cut poor Brandon. Hey, hey Brandon, what what fight is on right now? Oh, he hung up on He's us. He's already gone. Oh, I want to know what we were up to on the in the uh... people in the chat room will let us know. All right, let me continue with Brandon yes. from Texas. Another Brandon. He says Riot Rousey was useless, and I believe that they could have just done the women's segment without the match even happening. Lynch came off looking like a star, and the segment made me excited for the triple threat match at WrestleMania, even though I would prefer a traditional singles match. Corbin Strowman was the low point of the show by a mile with them dragging the match out for a story that I don't think anybody really cares about. WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match was one of the best Elimination Chamber matches done so far, with me literally jumping off of my couch more than once at the idea of Kofi Kingston pulling off a miracle. As far as pacing of the show goes, I feel like it would have worked out better to take out the Riot Rousey match altogether and just do the segment. Give Corbin Strowman the time that the Raw women's title got and have the beatdown occur afterwards and then add the Cruiserweight title match to the main show. I had very low expectations for the show and I was tempted to skip it, but I feel like this ended up being one of my favorite WWE pay-per-views in a while. I will be the outlier for my high score for the show, but I gave it a 17 out of 20. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people had a positive reaction. Very justified. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines. Who is this calling in? Yo, it's Hansi. Hansi, what's up? Yo, what's going on, guys? Yo, Pollock, congratulations on a Hall of Fame pun you did there, man. Oh, I've, I'm I'm retiring after tonight. That's it. That was probably the best one since Delita, in my opinion. Oh, Delita. Delita. Yes. Yeah, the, you know, I, I have my moments every couple of years. <laughs> what do you think of the chamber, Hansi? Uh, the, the cha- no, I, I, I dug the pay-per-view. I thought... Uh, I thought the women's chamber delivered. Um, I don't. I guess everyone on, online was like, you know, was saying that it's gonna botch and all that. And I thought, you know, maybe I had my expectations low, but it delivered for me. I was impressed with it. I'm glad they went with the, you know, the babyface run with Sasha and uh, and uh, Bailey. I, I really thought Tamina and I were gonna do it for you know heel heat. But the main event, um, you know, I listen. I, I'm impressed with the main event, and I know people are saying that oh, would, would, would Mustafa Ali have gotten that run? And I'm like, if he if he did, if that was all planned for Mustafa Ali, I don't think it would have been as over as it was with Kofi. I think because we have an investment with Kofi. If you're a hardcore fan, you want to see Kofi achieve, you know, becoming the world champion sometime. And you know, you remember 2009 and how hot he was in that era. I, you know, I just felt really, really invested into it. Like, you know, I, I wasn't being snarky. I was just buying in to, like, what was going on in the ring. Like, I, I believe for this entire week, 
that there's a chance Kofi could. I hope he does before. Cause I think there's a compelling storyline when somebody gets a title in a latter part of their careers, like Mark Henry, like Christopher Daniels. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Kofi does have that. I know everyone doesn't deserve a reign, and oh, your tenure doesn't, you know, tenure doesn't mean you get a title. But I think Kofi is an exception to that rule. Just my opinion. Who would you like to see with uh, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? Um, if somehow they can get to Kofi, that would be kind of cool. But like, I know people are like, well, Kofi and Daniel Bryan, like be like the you know the main event but like if the woman if the women's are main eventing wrestlemania this year i think with the with the wwe title you can do a little risky program where you have someone that hasn't really been in the world title picture if it's going to be a little bit down the card because even if the women don't main event it's going to be brock and rollins anyways so i just think you why not go with something everyone was invested into it like everyone was cheering they focused on focused on him in the end so I just thought it was a really compelling moment. And you know what I mean? As a Kofi fan, it, 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 I'm, I'm a snarky guy. I'm a miserable guy. So no, no. Like this, so, like, this made me really, really happy for like in, in a long time. So I, I just felt really, really good watching this tonight. I totally agree with you, Hanzi. I think, uh, you know, but, like, as far as, like, you know, the main event, I don't think Brian is the type to really care about that distinction of like going on last or anything like that. I think he just wants to have great wrestling matches and whoever his partner is at mania, I think that'll be their goal. Uh, and I, I don't doubt that if, if that partner was Kofi, that the, the two of them would be able to have a, an even better match than what mm-hmm. we saw tonight. Um, and I totally agree with you that I think it requires somebody like Kofi Kingston who has like a very real life, you know, underdog story attached to him he, here that, that'll fulfill the role. I don't think Big E would have worked as well as Kofi Kingston in, in something like this. Um, I think it's somebody who, you know, the audience feels has been neglected for a long time. People like a Cesaro, who everybody wants to have a bigger role, but hasn't. Yet, you know, Kofi Kingston now, all of a sudden, because of somebody's injury, has been placed into this, into this role, and he's being pushed. And it's it's exciting for all of us to see that they're actually going with him. The same thing happened with Becky Lynch. So they're running with it, uh, and I hope they continue to. So it's, it's 11 years on the main roster. So that means Cesaro 2023 <laughs> yeah. Elimination Chamber. Look Pretty out. Much. Yeah. Anything else, Hanzi? Oh uh, no! Um, uh, thank you for all like you know the streams you've been doing, and I apologize if I haven't been calling out, calling in in the cafe hangout. I've kind of missed it live, so I, I just want you guys to know that I, I, I'm I'm always watching what you guys are doing. Oh, we we greatly uh, appreciate it, Hansi. We we appreciate any time you have time to call in. Yeah, no problem, man. Take it easy. Thanks, right, Hansi. Thanks, Hansi. Uh, something we glossed over at the end of the show was the fact that Kofi is left in the ring, and then Xavier Woods and Big E came out. Yep. And I thought it was this really cool scene to go off with. Like that, mm. that scene was the whole reason why people were behind Kofi because yeah. you're rooting for these guys. You can see they're genuinely friends. Ooh. And you gave this great moment of just these friends uh, being together in defeat. Well, like the wrestling, the cynical wrestling part of me is just like, I was waiting for one of them to attack. For, I'm waiting for Tommaso Ciampa to like come out with the crutch and just like attack one of them. No, we were After done our crutch attacks for the night. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, they didn't, you know, and that's been something that's been incredibly heartwarming was just to see like on social media, uh, Woods and Big E both like spend the rest of this week after Tuesday, like doing all they can to like promote Kofi. It is both of their career goals right now to make sure Kofi Kingston gets gets to be champion. And that's something that, you know, is everybody can latch on to. So I, I again, I, ho- I hope they continue to run with it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, two more pieces of feedback. Yeah, let's go to uh, Alex from Maple. Was not a fan of this overall. Sasha and Bailey winning was predictable. Match was terrible. As bad as I thought it would be. Ooh, a tough critic here. Shane and Miz versus the Usos was bad as well, apart from a few spots. Not sure what the point of the Corbin and IC title matches actually were, other than to use the bathroom. Ronda match was pointless. Why is she even wrestling Riot? Just to make Riot look like a loser. Becky beatdown was great, but I feel once... Once Becky... Once B my apologized, she has lost. Okay. Once uh, Becky apologized. Okay, that's, that's not what it means. says. Okay. Yeah. Um, but good uh, ability to translate. Uh, someone that did not enjoy the show was Alex. Uh, okay. Let's continue on the lines and check in with Edward, is it? Edward. Hello. Hey, what's up? Oh, uh, sorry, a little quiet there. Hey, guys. How, yeah, it's Edward from London. How's it going? Hey, Edward. Um... Yeah, the show this evening, um, to be honest with you, I feel like with B, with B pay-per-views with WWE, uh, sometimes they can either be the dirt worst or they can be really over expectations, and this was definitely the latter. Mm. Um, I, I, I kind of went into it thinking, especially, it's it's always those two, like one or two shows in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania that I find, especially if matches are set, it's like, okay, well, am I going to go be going through matches where finishes are pretty much predetermined, like they're they're... I, it doesn't really matter in the long run because we already know what the main events of uh, WrestleMania is going to be. But having said all that, uh, I found that some of the the matches had some pretty surprising endings, and it actually made it kind of a more interesting watch overall. And which were those for you? Um, I kind of, to be honest, <laughs> and nothing to do with what happened to to Jimmy Uso on the weekend. I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought Miz and Shane would actually keep the titles. Maybe mm-hmm. until Fastlane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not t- not exactly sure if that, that like, or maybe even lose them on SmackDown Live proper. Um, and then after that, I would say, I, I was I was pretty strong. And now I know John, you had mentioned earlier about the the women's tag titles. That yeah, if you, if those are your first wins, you kind of want the big baby face to win. I, I was pretty I was pretty confident that Nia Jax and Tamina would win, which I can uh, in, in hindsight, yeah, that's kind of kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth for your first title. But uh, but yeah, like uh, whereas yeah, the other matches a little bit, I guess you could you could kind of see where they were going with some of them. But yeah, that I I was actually kind of surprised by some of those endings. But uh, especially those two in particular, I guess. Also, technically speaking, yeah, that Baron Corbin beating Braun Strowman with the help of Drew and and Bobby Lashley, yeah, that's a surprise, I suppose. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a Baron Corbin match. What else are you gonna say? It's always a challenge, I think, to, for them to like keep keep people suspend uh, suspended or keep people interested uh, with suspense uh, between oh, yeah. you know, February and March. Uh, it's particular- also very hard to keep people suspended in storyline <laughs> because they keep showing up every damn show. That's it. Yes, exactly. Even, even with crutches. Um, but like it, you know, I feel like that's you know the the worst, uh, the the one that suffers the most from it is the Rumble winner. You know, with with Rollins and, and Brock. Yeah. Like, good luck trying to like sell me on whatever. I guess the Shield thing might might actually work for Rollins as as you know just a, a stopgap between this and and. Uh, uh, it could be like that, it's a really that, tough pay per view to book Seth Rollins on because yeah. you have nothing else going for him that day. It, maybe they do do something. They did do that backstage deal with Braun and Seth Rollins right mm-hmm. after the Rumble where Braun came and congratulated him. So they at least have some storyline link. And last week you did kind of have the the meeting of the minds between Rollins and Ambrose, mm-hmm. despite how nonsensical that really is. <laughs> but I have to yeah, say, actually, it, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say uh, it's funny you bring that up, John, because I I don't really know what they want to do with Dean Ambrose. Like, yeah, like you can. 
I would, I think that would be great for, and especially if you need some, a bigger match for Fastlane, cause you're going to be three weeks out from WrestleMania, but I, I'm still, it's actually, it, 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 I think you've said before, the fact that he is leaving and that they've said that he's leaving has made him the most, one of the most compelling characters on TV is like, what is this guy doing? Or what's he going to do? Is he going to take an amazing finisher and flop around like crazy? Or is he going to say something completely uh, like off script? So if they were to go that way where they, they have the, the Reigns, Rollins and Ambrose against the other three, the, uh, Drew, uh, Bobby and, uh, and Baron. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a pretty big match for that pay-per-view, but yeah, it would, it would be, I, I'd still be kind of scratching my head. It's like, Oh man, what, what's, uh, what's he doing? Any other thoughts uh, from tonight's show, Edward? Um, nothing, nothing in particular. I, I, <laughs> I will say, uh, a, a very cynical side of me. I don't know if you guys saw, there was a commercial for, uh, I think it was the special Olympics in Abu Dhabi, which is very nice of them to do, but, and I'm I'm not I'm sure not the only one to think this, but my first thought was like, oh, is Nick Dinsmore not available? Like, like it's it's it comes from the cynical like uh, greatest world rumble side of of WWE business, where it's like, okay, like I this is a very good cause that you're championing, but it, it's funny. I would wonder if the general public even looked like five, ten, fifteen years in the past as to what this company did, and just like, oh my god, like yeah. this is this is what such a turn. But anyways, that's that's just more of a, me being a cynical person but yeah no overall no the show was the show was very good it was it really exceeded my expectations all right well thanks a lot for the call edward really appreciate you calling in tonight thanks guys have a good one all right you too i mean they've certainly you know they've they've kind of made their bed over the past uh you know more kind of uh i would say uh carefree years haven't they yeah i mean listen it's a it's a very complex company when you when you really start to dig Mm -hmm. and, and look back at this company and, and present day practices included mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I think that that's kind of they have they have put themselves into those positions of, yep. of criticism from fans. Uh, one final piece here. We go to Jalen from Pickering who says, after his last two showings, I'm going to be foolish and actually hope and believe that this Kofi stuff is going to go somewhere. Kofi winning the title at Mania would be a great moment, and WWE can exclaim that he's made history as the first Black WWE champion. I mean. The Rock? Does he not count? He should count. Mm. Anyway, okay. I just hope everyone's ready for the Blue Blue Universal Championship that'll be debuted on SmackDown after Mania. The rest of the show was very mad, but hopefully Sasha and Bailey can face Trish and Lita at Mania. I guess anything is possible. Would you like that direction? I feel like it's been teased, and as far as you know, a marquee match, I think it's it would be good. I also feel like there's something to like the feeling of upsetting your roster. And we're talking about a roster now that uh, like Alexa Bliss doesn't currently have a match, you know, uh, Nia and Tamina. We don't know if, if they'll, they'll be involved in the match as well. So uh, you're yeah. going to have a lot of women slotted in the battle Royal. Yeah. And, and is it, is it worth, you know, putting Trish and Lita there for, like, are they that big of a difference maker? I think it is a very attractive match for Bailey and, and, and Sasha, but um, I feel like this might be a case where they're, Trish and Lita aren't such big difference makers that you don't put one of your current women's roster members on instead. It's really just building a show that it's it's no longer trying to get the biggest pay-per-view number. It's, I, I don't know if, you know, outside of The Rock, I don't know who's making a big difference of people subscribing to the network. It's like, they're either getting WrestleMania on the network or not, yeah. and a, a big portion of them are going to unsubscribe to the network afterwards. And many of them can get it for free for WrestleMania as well. So it's very weird um, where they 
you know, they just want to, I think, put together the biggest show. And if they believe that Trish and Lita are special and it elevates the titles, then that's that'll, you know, make that uh, decision that they want to make uh, going mm-hmm. into it. Uh, that is all the feedback that we have. So I want to thank everyone that both called in tonight and left feedback for us. Um, and here we are, 1145 way. Lovely. I'm used to a pay-per-view ending at this time. Oh, let's go out after. Oh, we have we have plenty to do. Uh, Way and I will be back on Monday. We have a brand new edition of Rewind to Raw, uh, but also uh, up on the site now, we've got the latest edition of the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show with Nate Milton joined by Jay Hunter and V1 from OSW Review, and they are tackling the rundown. I've not heard people have so much fun talk about this random movie. From 2003. These are three of the just best people to, to yeah. listen to a movie review with. Yeah. So you can go check that out on the site now, along with all of our regular shows up at postwrestling.com. Uh, this week on the Post Wrestling Cafe, we will have the double shot that is out every Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. Thursday, we will be live with the ha- the cafe hangout at 3 p.m. Eastern time, uh, potentially with a guest. And then we have... Friday's Ask Away, yeah. the big return. And let's not forget on Wednesday, the return of the British Wrestling Experience, where this was a very busy week with in British wrestling. Weekend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Huge match with Will Ospreay and Pac for Reb Pro on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then today in Dublin, uh, it was Walter versus Pac. And then the big match with David Starr taking on Jordan Devlin. And also on that note, a Q&A. With that editor. Yes, Sean Ryan from the Crooked Gentleman uh, production crew. He did a Q&A on the site that you can read all about. He was the editor behind that fantastic video that is circulated everywhere, building up the Devlin and Star Match. Uh, he also did that great one for Devlin and yeah. Walter. Uh, like, just the best videos right now in wrestling for me. Absolutely. A guy who's doing some of the best work in, like, the most cutting-edge work, I would say, in, in, in wrestling videos. And uh, I, I, as an editor uh, myself, I, I got great insight from reading this Q&A. So thanks for putting it together. All of that is up, postwrestling.com. And, of course, you can get all the bonus content and live shows at postwrestlingcafe.com. Postwrestling.com slash live. Yes, our live Q&A show is happening Sunday, April the 7th from the Broadway Comedy Club. You can go to postwrestling.com slash live, pick up your tickets, $25. If you're a patron, $20. And you can come see myself and Way Sunday, April 7th, noon at the Comedy Club. We'll be doing a live Q&A and then a meet and greet right afterwards and getting everybody out of there with plenty of time to get to MetLife Stadium for WrestleMania. Awesome. Are we going to watch the UFC right now? Um, I'm going to start watching it, uh, yeah. I think we're, we're, we'll be in time for the, for the main event. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll speak with you Monday night.